Oh, that's nice. That's nice. You know, I need a DJ for this thing. Or smaller hands. You. It's music off the phone. I'm now. About to witness. I got it right this week. The awesome. Crushing a mic. Inside of my mouth. is all chewed up from doing jujitsu without a mouthpiece. Awesome crushing a mic. Of the U. G. S. Robinson show the kids sleeping. Stop ah! Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly apparently never ends. I'm going to put it down here. How about that? I wish you could see how precariously I have everything balanced. It's a perfect example of love on the fly. Welcome to a two, six, seven of the UGS Robinson Showstopper. I'm your host, UGS Robinson, and we got a full show. Mostly because I watched every single fight yesterday without missing one. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Yes, indeed, I did. I don't know why. I really don't know why, but I did. (laughs) Oh, happy birthday, Mr. Is. Glad to see you made an appearance, even though you got a birthday celebration. Oh, right now. Ah, well, it's a birthday celebration, and you didn't die. Pat yourself on the back, get something to eat. But first... Stigmata will sing us in as they have every week since 2007. Still available from Revelation Records in Honey Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub. Get your car with Hammer Money Ray and him out of town. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and for always nothing. Yeah, and I talked I talked over the I talked over uh uh, taking a real good look at your face, but it's a credo that I know that you know from the show, having been here before, act like you know, you do and you have, Mr. JW is here, oh, yeah, you know what, you're always on time, you're never not on time, it's archived, you can watch it anytime, of course, live, anything could happen, which is why I have a gun in my hand, oh, that's no gun, that's my penis, just kidding, I don't work blue on Sundays, on Sundays, yeah, but I do mark it's not for kids. The show is not for kids. Uh, so anyway, let's get the commercials out of the way. I'm no longer name checking uh, uh, PayPal because I don't trust them. So um, if you want to send it, Eugene, send cash for the show, Eugene Robinson 28, which I believe is Cash App. Venmo is Planet Oxbow. P-L-A-N-E-T-O-X-B-O-W. Or you can go through Patreon.com, and that's the Stomper, Patreon.com slash the Stomper. I'm not giving the physical address anymore because I'm decommissioning that, and I'm not giving PayPal anymore because I don't trust them. So now you have fewer ways to get uh, what little jack you might want to send into the show. And listen, let me make one thing clear, exceedingly clear. If it comes down to sending $5 or $1 of buying a sandwich, buy the fucking sandwich. It's not like I'm going to squander the money, but right now, uh, the primitive accomplishment, I mean, you know, I pay June. So she blasted out through SoundCloud and and uh, Apple Music and every place else. But outside of that, the... The laptop is not mine. <laughs> the ring light was b- bought for me by you all. The microphone uh, uh, didn't really work that well. So now I'm just going through the, the laptop speaker. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, so it works. Uh, we, we, it works. So let's just get on with the show. So, uh, hey, Mr. Robinson, you, you, you see anything interesting last night? I, I don't know. I, I, will you, will you, you see something interesting? Yeah, well, I watched every single fight last night. And let's just go straight to the obvious. Let me tell you about the dark place and space that I was in for a scant six hours. I watched the fight. And I watched the fight with commentary. I'm putting the kid in bed. I got the headphones on. I'm watching. I got the light. I got the phone as dim as possible and still be able to see. And I'm listening. And something that they say starts to be readily apparent to me at the moment that they're actually saying it. And they're talking about the technical precision. And they even use the the the, the coach's cam for uh, uh, not the coach's cam that showed not the corner cam, the coach's cam where DC starts making little markers. If you don't know that I'm talking about the UFC last night, this is probably not the show for you. It ties into some of the stuff that the Substack was about, but that's not until like minute 45. So I'm telling you, if you if you can't if you don't know the fight game, you probably need to get out now because you're going to be bored out of your mind. So DC is making these little squiggles, you know, the coaches John Madden squiggles on the the telestrator, whatever the fuck they call it. And he's talking about a level of precision in the fighting, which you can actually see. The first time I was aware of the fact that it was people people out there were not just swinging for the fences was when GSP took out Matt Hughes. Through a series of low kicks. I, and this was maybe the second time. The first time he was daunted by the guy. The second time, series of low kicks. One, two. Goes for a third. The body language seems to indicate we're coming on another low kick, which would have been devastating enough if he had put some juice in them because uh, uh, Matt Hughes wasn't blocking them, wasn't uh, 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 checking them. And then he does he does a, a, well, not a switch kick. I forget what the hell it's called. But instead of going low, goes high. Matt Hughes, night, night. Keep your butthole tight. Out. That was the first time where I was aware of, of course, by the time uh, I started doing MMA myself, which would have been 19, oh no, uh, 2002. No, no, no. What? Where am I with the dates? How old? Um, 20 years ago, I did my first MMA match. It was 20 years ago. Well, let's say 10 years ago. <laughs> Am I going to reveal myself to be as terrible at, at 2002? <laughs> so um, I was mindful of the fact that maybe people had strategies at that point. First match ever was with Chris Sanford, Caesar Gracie striking coach, first season of The Ultimate Fighter. Got kicked off the show for having bad cardio. I'm kicking the crap out of his legs. And only then I notice orthodox stance that I have right? That the reason why, um, um, let's see. So if he is also orthodox stance, in other words, his right hand is back and his right leg is back, um, that he is southpaw. Southpaw. I note this as I switch up my game because I can switch stance. (laughs) I can switch stance and I'm thinking, oh, He's uh, he's a southpaw. And before I could complete that thought in my head, at the end of the round, I was face down on the fucking mat. Fortunately, these were smokers. I said, I tripped. I tripped. Everybody was like, dude said he tripped. They fanned me. The buzzer rang for the second round. I went out. And thankfully, the man who is now my friend, I've written about this in uh, the fight book. You can't don the shillelagh me on my own show. He mercifully decides to choke me out. Perfect. Keeping my brains intact. That was my intro to a, 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 a fight, an MMA fight career that ultimately went nine and two. The other guy I got submitted by was a, a, a guard in a in Vacaville Mental Hospital. 
which I thought was telling. Listen, I don't want to get stuck on that. So they're talking about the in the coaches' camp, the great precision with with which um, he applies himself. That he's actually setting stuff up. And then you can watch. I remember interviewing Ty Domi for the Fight Book, and he goes, "Look, one of the things I do is simple. I anchor my hand to some guy's collar." So he's talking about a hockey jersey, but this works in street fights as well. Ty Domi says, and "Once I anchor my hand to your collar, I have a homing device." Because no matter where I am in the world or what state I am, I can usually put my hands together. And if I know that between my hands, as I put them together, is your your head or your face, all at that point, all I have to do is focus on putting my hands together repeatedly. Tai Domi's technique. So you see, you're starting to see setup like like Izzy is like setting up, measuring, setting up, setting up. You know. Jab, 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 hook, jab, jab, hook, doing all kinds, super precision. So going into the fifth round, uh, what do you see? What do you see? What you see is is Israel Adesanya doing the thing he should least do. Now, we all know, we all know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they know, they being Alex Perea, that they are down one round to two, three, four. His corner was frank with him. You win this, you want to win this fight, you have got to get the fifth round. Knockout, no fucking question. Empty the tank, you might be tired, whatever. They know that. Izzy's team knows that. After having interviewed Eugene Barman, which was one of the greatest MMA interviews I ever had just because of this. Hey, Eugene, this is Eugene. How you doing, Eugene? Pretty good, Eugene. How you been? Good. Nice to hear it. Hey, Eugene. Yeah, Eugene. You know, this is probably the first and only interview that I'm ever going to do that has us saying Eugene as often as we've just said Eugene. He goes, that's funny. All right, Eugene, let's get started. All right. Okay, Eugene. That was like 36 Eugenes in the space of 36 seconds. It was a glorious Eugene time. So I know Barman sees this. Or rather, I know Barman knows this. Every, so everybody knows it. Both corners know it. The judges know it. Everybody viewing knows it. Commentators even know it. We know it at home. This is not unknown to anybody. It just, people say, well, how much is prayer? He's never gone five rounds. Can he do it? All Izzy has to do at this point is tiptoe through the fucking tulips. By which I mean, take the center of the cage. There is never anybody who, who with, with the except possible, with the definite exception of Anderson Silva, who's been able to make hay against that fence. That is because it, it limits your options as to where you can be. Right, look. The only place it makes sense to fight off a wall is in prison, and they have a whole special fight style specifically to address this. Otherwise, you don't do that. Easy does it. Easy does it. Easy does it. And all of a sudden now has limited motion both to the left and the right and back and forth, which is great if you are Anderson Silva Sharp vis-a-vis head motion. Something you could reasonably expect against many others. Not a guy who probably spends a good portion of his time punching a tennis ball on a string. You wouldn't have done that against a boxer. You don't do it against a kickboxer. I go to sleep and I go, look, the odds weren't big enough for dude to take a dive. You see where I'm going with this? I'm I'm stinking knee deep in the conspiracy. I'm not, I'm like all about it. I, I can't sleep even. I get six hours. I get six hours of sleep a night. And I chewed up 40 of them, tossing and turning, thinking about why would you take the short end money? 
is this to maintain saliency for for a future fight card? Is this to there, there is no, I'm going, it's like Pascal's wager style. Um, no, wait, you don't fucking lead the story sleeping. I'm going through, I'm like moving the tiles around, around the thing. I'm, I can't, I can't, it's, it's a mystery inside of a riddle, inside of an enigma. I can't sleep. Finally, just fatigue, fatigue kicks in. I pass out. I wake up at 5.50. I got to get out of bed and start cracking at 6. Get to jujitsu. Pick up the phone. Most people look at their phones at this point before their feet touch the floor. Since I sleep on the floor, it's a roll out of the bed onto the floor, but that's neither here nor there. I have the phone up, and the first thing I read are comments from the press conference. Where Izzy, I, I don't even say man's up. Because that implies him getting to a place he hadn't been. Izzy is Izzy. And he says, I got to tell you, honest to God, guy's good. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nothing. And uh, it may not have seemed, you know, my leg was fucked. And I was like, oh, yeah. The commentary booth is usually so vocal about he's got a little redness on his, on his, on his, you know, on his leg. You, of course, never will see this with, with Izzy. He says, my leg was compromised. The roly-poly thing I did, which is the phrase he used very directly, the roly-poly thing I did where he rolled backwards again, it was because I couldn't actuate off that leg. Yeah, I was kicking him too. But in any of you should think back, yeah, he was uh, uh, switch stancing. It wasn't because he was chasing Pajara's leg. It was because he was trying to remove his compromised leg from the equation. So he made a calculation. Like there wasn't just any, he wasn't Eugene Robinson winging it. it. They thought this through like I expected Eugene would. Eugene Barman, not Eugene Robinson. And they the calculation they made is, if you have a compromised leg in the fifth round where you're going against a guy who's doing gangbusters, do I want to be in the center of the cage where I've got... 360 degrees of exposure. I take issue with that. It's not, yeah, he did take you down, but given as tired as he was, even if he's uh, uh, empty in the tank, what he gets nothing. He doesn't, he doesn't put himself in a position, a heightened position to knock you out. If he takes you down, he had a chance before, didn't capitalize on it. And now he's even more tired. no, He wants to stay free of you and he wants to stay, he wants to take shots. So you're making a determination, a calculation that your leg is so compromised that you can't move well enough in the center to be able to limit his success in the fifth round. Enter the Teixeira paradox. It's something now that is a thing. Because we saw the other Nigerian fall to it. I'm cruising. I'm cruising. I'm cruising. I won all the rounds. I won all the rounds. Maybe I'm going to, you know, all I got to do is make it to the end. That inevitable stumble. Now, I'm going to tell you a sex story. I got a hot date. Did he fucking die? Ah, well, hold on. I didn't didn't see anything about Rumble dying. What a bring down here. Look, I was never a big fan of the guy, but if he's dead, that's, uh, ah, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, you know what? Now I can stop thinking about the matchup with him and Johnny Boney Joni. Sorry. Uh, He and I trained at the same place for a period of time. He's never very nice to me, but I don't want to see the guy dead. Uh, I think about a mother's pain, and that is not... Okay, uh, what it, let let me know what he died from. Um, but yeah, of course, yes, <laughs> you know I am going to segue from the dead guy to the sex story, right? So I got, and you've heard it before. I got a hot date. I'm excited about the hot date. Now my roommate maybe is not so excited about a hot date. This is not the roommate that said something about you, Eugene. Just makes me want to see you fail. It's not that roommate, but it is. It is a later roommate of that roommate. <laughs> they were both roommates and then they became roommates. So the guy's like, I'm going to put some salt in this game. 
And so I'm getting ready like at four o'clock. I got to get out by six. I want to take a shower. I want to shave. I got to clean my clothes because this is the days when I had like one set of clothes. And he's following me around the place. He was following me around the place. And he's like, uh, uh, yeah, you got a hot date, huh? Well, uh, you know, uh, you ever think about, I don't know, sex is such a weird thing. You ever think about not being able to get it up? I go, ah, bro, I never worry about that. He goes, you never have? Don't you worry that that even, like, like not thinking about it, that you're, like, actually, like, putting yourself in a position where you're going to have to think about it? I was like, yeah, man, I don't worry about that, bro. <laughs> yeah, you can't get it up. You just can't, no matter how you try. You just, you can't, you, and the more you try, the worse it gets. And you're just there, you're trying to get, and I was like, yeah, man. And he's like, and, and wait, wait, wait. And then he, he, suppose you do get it up, okay? Suppose you actually manage somehow, I don't know, to get it up. Then you got to worry about blowing your load too fast. That's, you ever, I mean, man, you all that effort to get it up and then you blow your load too fast and every, you know, she's looking at you like, what the fuck? He kept this up for two fucking hours. I'm buzzing around the place, clean up, straighten my stuff because we're going to end up back at my place. I was I clothes and I'm washing, flossing and brushing it. Two fucking hours. By the time I left that place, I got to tell you, it was in my head to share a paradox. I was cruising to, to Oik ACAB. No, not ACAB. What is it? Uh, uh, ABC. Always be closing. I was in that bing. And now I had to, I had to do, I had to, I had to get this shit out of my head. That's become a thing now. It's become a thing. All these cats, the Teixeira paradox, who like the are the loneliness of the long distance runner. I can see the finish line, and it is denied me. So he, in that, to, in the face of the Teixeira paradox makes a fatal mistake like Ian Curtis said and instead of standing in the, in the ring and say I'm going to take my chances out here I'm going to go against the fence and give myself credit for I, I'm going to because I think I have a better chance of avoiding the fusillade of punches I know are coming my way in against the side of the cage I know I could duck 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 run duck 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 run duck duck but of course because your motion is limited your escapes are limited which means the offense is is now, thankfully, not limitless, but limited as well. I before I had to focus on many things. Now I can only fo- I only have to focus on two. And he gets them. I don't hear about the legs on Sunday morning like I heard about the legs. I'm still maybe keeping it quiet, but I'm still thinking conspiracy. But it died in the light of morning. It died in the light of morning. And if you want to say that happened in, in, in a vacuum, it didn't happen in a vacuum. Why Lee? Nice. I did say on Care Don't Care this morning, which will debut tomorrow at noon. I did say, listen, I don't have many jujitsu skills. Correction. I have no jujitsu skills. I am probably the least talented black belt in jiu-jitsu that you will ever meet. But I have one extant ability. And puss though I am, I am very difficult to submit. Much like Clevenger, or not Clevenger, who was the character who kept crashing his plane in uh, Catch-22? I built a defense out of understanding the parameters of pain. It's not that I'm especially a tough guy. I just understand how far you can go. Also, I am fully willing to make believe I am unconscious. (laughs) Just enough for the guy to go, you okay? Ba-boom, and I'm out. Very hard to submit. So I look at Carla Esparza and I go, I'm not tapping to that. The fuck? I'm not fucking tapping to that. They talked about one of the fighters early. 
uh, uh, Chandler that I guess he was trying to use his neck muscles to, to resist the, 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 that doesn't work. It, you got to define work. We're talking, you know, you ever see these guys who get crushed by cars? There's a guy at a strip club here in San Francisco. They had a rising piano. A strip club I've been to. Carol Dota used to dance on the top of it. I don't like going to strip clubs, but my friend Larry's wife was working there. And he said, you got to come. It'll be a great time to hang. And you can watch the fights. So Kasha and I go up and we're watching the fights. And then and then and she's watching the pole dances. So everybody got it what they wanted. I don't I don't like titty bars myself. I don't tend to go to them. I don't find it erotic. I identify with the stage performers. But I'm watching the fights. Which met the met the girls upset. I'm just like, yeah, okay, here, just go. Let me. I, I really got to watch the fights. But there had been a piano there that was on a, on a, on a right, and so Carol Dota would get naked on it and go up and down. You could look her up. This is a famous thing. Well, a, a, the club manager was having sex with one of the girls on the piano, and it rose up and started to crush them against the ceiling. She got out, and he died. You could survive for a long time on this. Little, small breaths. You could survive for a long time on that. Okay, I wasn't there. And when we're doing the JJB, which we're now going to update for, for TikTok, right? we, like, you know, I complained about the Robbie Lawler tap out to Askren. Marty G put me in a bulldog choke. And I probably lasted just about as long as Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler's not a puss. I never should have suggested that he was. It was a bona fide hard choke. And uh, 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 Mr. Galinsky didn't put it on very fucking hard either. Yeah, stand corrected. So, uh, uh, but, you know, I have to say, and I don't want to lean on it too heavily. I don't want to lean on it too heavily. I care, don't care. But you know what I'm going to say, and I got to say it. Because nobody's saying it, and somebody needs to say it. And one thing that I've learned as a result of having been TCA, uh, uh, Captain TCA, the chemical advantage, it'll be that the only way I can reliably tell when somebody's on is that they have absolutely no refractory period. Tie into the sex conversation earlier. No refractory period. They can go and go and go. So when I watch Wiley fight... I sort of have questions like, is drug testing still a thing in the UFC? Is it still a thing? I think it is still a thing. I'm not making any accusations. There's not any loose talk. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I got a little bit of paranoia. It's a little bit. It's a little bit of paranoia. But it's well-founded. It is well-founded. You do know the places that are like Vegas on the place of the earth. One of them is called is in a place called Macau. You do know a goodly portion of the 977 billionaires who live on this planet, a goodly portion of them are Chinese. I don't even say Asian because I don't want you to think that these cats are strolling around Japan or alternatively, Vietnam, they're in China. Now, I like, I like uh, uh, Wiley. But I also like steroids. <laughs> so that doesn't mean anything. Carl Esparza was a soft champ. champ. I'm a big Carl Esparza fan. But she's a soft champ. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. You're weak. Soft champ. Wiley? Uh, okay. So now we're on a perpetual mobile, right? Where we go. I mean, the people, This is the, and this is the thing. If you didn't see this, I'm sorry. How could I walk by this? If you didn't see it, I need you guys to sit down. Sit down right now. Because I don't want you to fall down and hit your fucking heads when I say what I'm about to say. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I thrilled inside when I saw it. The camera. 
they call the celebrity cam that focuses on audience members. It's always interesting to hear how they address, because the people that they focus on are sitting there, and so they can hear it in real time, and they can see themselves on the jumbotron, so their feedback loop is immediate. And the camera swings to Chris Weidman, the Gauleiter General, Chris Weidman. And the audience response in New York fucking city is underwhelming. Missy Elliott's got a great line. I don't mean to be petty, but y'all used to call me fatty before I started hanging with Puff Daddy. I don't mean to be petty. Chris Weidman is there, stands, and the audience response is underwhelming. This is before the end of the fight. At the end of the fight, I am seeing Chris Weidman as Mad Max in Road Warrior. You guys want to get out of here? You got to go through me. Because you notice they forestalled that 185 talk of him, of Barrera, fighting anybody else outside of an immediate rematch with Izzy. Why cater to Izzy? Why have an immediate rematch with Izzy? Why would Pajero want to do that outside of it's a money move? You know why Pajero wants to do that? Because he's not beating any fucking wrestler. And therein therein resides the return to significance for our Chris Gowlider General fucking Weidman. And I'd like to start militating for that fight. And if Weidman hasn't started to do it through through, uh, Sarah Longo, he's insane. They won't give it to him, but this is your only fucking play. Can you imagine how, how crazy that would be? Chris Weidman goes out, fights Pahara, and, and, and takes him down and wrestle mugs him on the floor, gets the belt returned at whatever age he is now. My God, my, I, I, I can't breathe when I think about it. I can, it's, oh my God. I, I was like, I thrilled it. This is why it was such a hard night to sleep. Yeah, I thrilled to this prospect. And and the whole thing with Wiley. So, I mean, right, you know, what is that? The round and round, the crazy sound. I'm thinking the Germs cover of the Chuck Berry song, Round and Round. That's what happens with that. Yeah, you know, Asparza is too light, five foot one, too light, too small for that division. They should create one for her, but whatever, whatever. I don't really care. I mean, you know, um, who cares? I I don't. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Chandler. That was a solid. Listen, there are a couple things. Dustin Poirier is a bona fide good guy. Now, you've heard me talk in the show about rolling. I'm about to be choked by Marty G. I stick my finger up his nose to pull him up and I get out. I said, oh, man, it was an accident. I didn't do it on purpose. And then I came on the show and told you, of course, I did it on purpose. I didn't count on the fact that he was listening to the show. So I need to tell you that when it comes to EJJ shit, I know what I'm talking about. He's complaining. This is how you know Poirier is a good guy. He's complaining to the ref that Chandler put his fingers in his mouth to 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 move his head so he could get under the chin. And people are saying, oh, he fish took him. Yeah, okay, listen, te- that's technical definition of fish hooking. Let me show you what most people think fish hooking is. Most people think fish hooking, the fingers work, even gloved fingers work the way a fish hook would work. And my mouth is all torn up from doing jujitsu without a mouthpiece. So you'll have to excuse me not going all the way in, but fundamentally, it's here. And and the slight pain that you get around the edge of your mouth causes you to move your head so that Chandler can get his arm under. (laughs) That's not what he did. He did this. He grabbed the the, the bottom teeth. He didn't grab his lip because that's unsuccessful. It hurts, but fucking take the lip. My guess is that he put the fingers on the bottom teeth and pulled down. Honest to God, as you sit there, as you sit there, 
Do you actually believe that I'm rolling with somebody in a contest that involves money and they're putting their fingers on my lower row of teeth and I'm not taking fingertips? If you know nothing about me, you should know that I'm having I'm having a fingertip sandwich that day. What? What did he scream at the ref? What? It was well, I'll tell you, his fingers were in my mouth and then he pushed me forward and my mouth closed shut on it. I, I couldn't stop myself. Well, let's roll the tape back and see. Roll it. DQ for the dude who stuck his fingers in the fucking mouth. Fuck him. But I like that on Chandler. He's a nice guy, but not such a nice guy. And Poirier is actually a nice guy because he didn't bite his finger. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And exactly, JB. That he, he he didn't bite the fingers, man. I okay. That means he thinks he could have beat I guess maybe philosophically where he was is the fact that he's doing this means like somebody said on uh, Care Don't Care today, they said he's not a good boxer. Because at the point where Chandler actually had Poirier in trouble, I think it was Poirier who said it, if he had stopped with the wild-ass swinging and just delivered some focused jabs, I'd have been out. I'd have been out. NA's here. So uh, my favorite thing, it was like, oh, you know, people talk about Poirier. My favorite thing is actually said, there's your black belt. I now, now that I'm part of the club, keep in mind, I am only part of the club in jiu-jitsu brazilian jiu-jitsu that is wearing a gi but i work at a hybrid academy which means in luda livre i'm still a fucking brown belt and this will be forever (laughs) i'm hoping it's before i'm 63 and move to spain that's what i'm hoping but I got no guarantees. So, uh, and I don't think I deserve it now anyway. So fine. Three years is fine. So, um, so Chandler, uh, and this is, this is a win-win. This is not a win-lose. I mean, they may have had the biggest losers and winners from the contest and Chandler may have been on the loser side, but he didn't lose this. No, the guy is fire the way he fights. Usually it's not a good prescription for a long career, but he's he's in the he's in the spot where cats who fight him will be afraid. He's in that Justin Gaethje spot. They will be afraid. They will be afraid to fight him because dude is like one of those guys. I knew a guy named Doug Rogers. I don't care if I use his name. He almost got into a fight with Steve from Whipping Boy. Steve from Whipping Boy is like six foot. Mm, I don't know six seven, six foot six, six foot seven. 275 pounds at the time. This other guy was a defensive tackle, also big. They almost got into a fight. Doug Rogers, in an amazing uh, coup, bends down, picks up a hunk of dog shit that just happened to be there. Maximum usage of available resources. He grabs it in his fist and chews it. That was enough. Steve was like, you're a fucking moron, I'm out. (laughs) You know, generally, I'm not fist fighting with a guy who's got shit on his mouth. In on his mouth. Random dog shit. You have successfully impressed me. That is Michael Chandler. (laughs) And Gaethje had that certain appeal. Now, you know. Nobody wants to go into a fight. You realize that when you see it. Nobody, what is that thing from that, that great thing uh, from that movie where he goes, you know what an edge is, kid? An edge is when you got something that somebody else doesn't have. That's the edge. Always get your edge. In other words, these the successful engagements, it's not real confidence. Segway into discussion of manhood, which ties into this substack. We are fundamentally not really satisfied with an even playing field. Oh, Floyd Mayweather, didn't that cat re- fucking retire? They have these fights that he's fighting. He's retired, isn't he? Making these all exhibition matches. 
Or is he not retired? I guess how many hip hop records are you gonna make? Yeah, I did. I did. I I I didn't see it. I heard it on the show. I'll address it in a little bit. So you know, I I have to say that Chandler. Look, they kept Wes Sims around for six fights. How long did they keep Alvy around? They backed the truck up for for a fucking Chandler, and he delivered in a way that, say, somebody like a, a Jake Shields did not. Jake Shields, who's also now banned from Twitter, for making jokes about Jews. I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. You do realize all these other cats that are whining about cancel culture, you do realize these guys are already multimillionaires and billionaires, right? I understand the joy, like I said in the Substack, of not being political, just saying whatever you want, but that shit comes with a price. Little Lord Fauntleroy by Trump was always a cat who, you know, had the had had daddy's money. Watch the dead end kids with Humphrey Bogart. East side, not East Side Comedy, Dead End Kids, one of the first ones. Kid gets in trouble, he runs home, the father calls the cops. The power of the state. Do you weigh more than Russia? No, he hasn't. You know, so you can say whatever you want. You should have an understanding at that point that the let the chips fall, the chips will fall where they may. And in actual fact, there's nothing wrong with strong and silent. Shut the fuck up. In this oversharing environment where I know more about about the vagina and penises of every single celebrity that walks the planet, there's a great virtue to shutting the fuck up. The male American celebrity, last week on the show, we talked about the dirt, or maybe some other show I was on. Oh, no, I was, uh, oh, a show that I'm on that's coming up. Uh, uh, where I talk exclusively about horror movies, I say America has had to import their macho male actors for years because they don't. The only American actor that evinces a certain amount of easy masculinity is Brad Pitt. I mean, there are a few others I could probably name, but Brad Pitt, and of course now he's in trouble. And his response to the trouble is D and D, deaf and dumb. I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. Gonna go on in a fucking on the view on some talk show and cry. I'm not doing that. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it with you. I don't want to talk about it with anybody. Had a bad night. That's it. You got me. The strong, silent virtues is something that died with that greatest general World War II guys who didn't want to talk about that shit anyway. All the social media has led us down the road where you know. A, I don't even want to. I don't even want to out him. But there's a, a friend of mine. Okay, he's at, he bona fide life difficulties. In my mind, only a few people categories of people have difficulties. You were sexually molested as a child. You have. Uh, you have a uh, um, a life threatening disease, cancer, or something. Uh, and there's one other category I can't remember. But in general. Most people don't have problems. They have difficulties unless you're from those two groups, sexually molested as a child or, 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 uh, uh, or have cancer or, you know, death. Those people. Okay. I'm, I'm all ears. Everybody else shut the fuck up, shoulder your burden without complaint. Now I can note, I am noting now. I am not complaining. What is the difference between complaining and noting Eugene? Complaining is me petitioning you for a change in attitude. I don't give a fuck what your attitude is. I'm not asking for a handout. I'm not even asking for a hand in this instance. I'm not asking for understanding or an ear to listen. I'm just noting. It's sunny. It's cold. Noting. So, I, you know, Chandler, Chandler is golden. Poirier is golden. He can do whatever he wants. He is a bona fide nice guy. I even accused anal rapist Conor McGregor. Oh, he's a fake. He's like, whatever, 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 whatever. That was a good fight. They have both, their stock has both risen um, and, and they are deadly to fight anybody else. And, um, and, but you know where I'm going with this? You know where I'm going with this, right? You know where I'm going with this? 
I told you that Frankie Edgar thing. I fucking told you. I told you that never should have happened. It never should have fucking happened. And I viewed, I refused to pick it on Care Don't Care. I refused to acknowledge his existence. Like Prince said about his marriage, I just treat it like I treat other things I don't like. Make believe it doesn't exist. But of course he gets in there and I'm watching and the camera fit on his lovely wife and his two kids. What the, what did no one try to talk him out of this? Look, you can take your kids to Madison Square Garden when the circus comes back there, but don't do this. You knew there was a 50% chance you were going to have a crying family at the, at the end of 15 minutes. Why did you do this? I'll tell you why. Because Frankie Edgar is a true believer. But he believes in the wrong things. Randy Couture got kicked in the face by Leota Machida, and he was like, that's it. <laughs> that's but he goes, I felt like I was standing still out there. Boom. Run away to live and make another movie another day. That's what he did. There was never any fate or S flirtation with coming back. There was never any Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather inability to never do it again. Dude is collecting his money into his sixth marriage, doing whatever he does. I'm sure he still trains. Lee Kemp, I know, still trains. I still train. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. What did he achieve with this fight? Well, as a cautionary tale, he did achieve that. If he starts a gym, and what made it worse, what made it worse, listen, let's transpose it. Let's transpose it to Randy Couture, fighting three more fights, and those fights ending the same way with a front kick to the face. Don't you start to feel that this is a Benny Hill-esque miscarriage of justice? Because I do. Starts to feel that way to me. I mean, like I said, you go to a nice restaurant and Mr. Is, who now is celebrating his birthday somewhere in a such in such like place, you go to a nice restaurant. I don't care how good the meal is. If one of the other diners sits up and takes a shit on the table, that's all you're talking about after you leave. No matter how fast they clean it up, that's all you're smelling. That's all you're seeing when you remember it. In fact, as of this as of this very moment now that I'm speaking, that's all you're thinking about. The guy who took the shit on the white linen table next to you. That was a Frankie Edgar fight. And if Chris Gutierrez thinks he came out at a winner, he most certainly did not. He was a guy standing next to the guy who took the shit on the white linen table at the restaurant. How's that feel, bro? Good? Eh? Eh? Okay. So, uh, you know, there is no question. The thing about this was it was definitive. Um, Of course, the professional, the guy who started the professional slap league. Listen, if any of you know a lawyer, if you are a lawyer, if you're about to be a lawyer, if you're a personal injury cat, your future is fucking set. I don't care what kind of release you get these cats to sign. Have you ever had a concussion? Oh, they are dangerously delightful. I had two when I played rugby. Terrible, crippling depression for a year afterward, as well as inability to walk upstairs effectively. I had to retrain my brain to get up the stairs. Look at the stair and make your foot go to the next stair after stair. Otherwise, your leg would wander and you would fall. Not coming down the stairs where you figure gravity is working against you. I had to concentrate to get upstairs. How many games did I have to play to get uh, to get concussed twice? Here's a quick answer. Two. One was from a drill before a game. 
and one was from an actual game after the first one. Guy grabbed me around the ankles twice. I thought I'm going to be fast to him, and I got whipsawed down to the ground, fucking head bouncing off the turf like a Super Bowl. Yep. Doing MMA, got hit in the ear. In the fucking ear. Had terrible vertigo for a month. So if you're an attorney, you know an attorney, or you're about to be an attorney, or you hear that someone is a friend of someone who is a personal injury attorney, you get the participant list of the professional slap league, and you send those guys all, all, all fucking letters right now. The bloom is off the rose. They don't know what the upside is to be. They just say, look, Connor accused Daniel Rippin, Scott McGregor is driving a Super Bowl. You could be the same. No, you can't. Don't let them sell you that shit. No, you cannot. And when it turns, as it inevitably will, you get that lawyer on the phone and you sue, sue, sue. These cats won't do it. That's how come we have a professional bull riding league. And make no mistake, they're owned by the same company. They don't care about you. And technically, I got to say, sympathy for the devil, installment number 49. If you're willing to eat that plate with the poop on it, (laughs) it's a good day at work, right? You're a poop eater, and I paid you to be a poop eater. Everybody's happy. Yeah, except for the ones who watch it. So, uh, uh, um, then, uh, and I'm not going to go through all the whole undercard. There was a lot of stuff to talk about there, but I'm not going to do it because I got like nine minutes. Dan Hooker and Claudio Pellis. I don't think I've ever been as disappointed with a ground guy. <laughs> but uh, Steph asked me and she said, um, um, she said, is Dan Hooker a gict or a gicta now? I said, no, 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 Neil Magny is a gicta. In other words, a guy I can't trust anymore because I believe that personally, personally, that Neil Magny sits at home and plans to stymie me in ways that I haven't even considered yet. It is personal. Eugene, you're crazy. Am I? Am I crazy? How in the world of craziness, how is that any less crazy or more crazy than anything else? I fully believe that Neil Magny plots against me. Dan Hooker doesn't give a shit whether I live or die. It doesn't mean I can't trust him, though. You know, I mean, you know, Dan Hooker's a mixed martial artist. You're going to try an Imanari role. How many? How many, many? And then what that reveals is it's like he throws his card out. You go to a role. You throw your card out. He throws another card out and gets away. And you throw out the same card again, hoping that the switch in the cards is enough so that somehow you'll have a royal flush at the end. Are you crazy? You destroyed yourself. Nobody's booking you again, again, but unless you get booked with a consummate ground guy and people go, oh, this would be kind of cool. There's always professional slap league, isn't there? So um, let's let's spend a little bit of time now uh, so I can see seem apropos of things. Talking about um rumble i don't know why how the manner in which he managed to pass on i do know that when i was training at kung lee's mostly i was a father bringing my kids to train there but when they realized i did it and new stuff then i could use the machines i could do and roll with some of the coaches roll with kung lee javoni you know i roll with robert conejo jose palacios i could roll with these guys fight with them train with them whatever they didn't mind me doing so Enrolled a couple of cats. Enrolled Channing Tatum. He was working on a movie with Kong, and so he was there. Didn't speak to me, um, but mostly because it was a uh, very specifically Kongle himself did not aid and abet the intro. Did not say this is one of the fathers, but he's also a journalist. He writes a lot about MMA. Maybe you guys could talk. Didn't do that. Kept him away from me. Fine. I'm not pushy. I don't give a shit. You're an actor. What do I care? Rumble, however, was in my wheelhouse, was an MMA fighter. I had, still had knuckle up then the show, and it should 
And it was easy. I didn't need to rely on, I'm not walking up to a celebrity and trying to introduce myself in a gym where everybody is like thrilled that he's there and give a shit. I'm not a jock jumper. But Rumble, fuck, bro, this is, this is, I do a show. You should be on the show. Press, I've interviewed, I mean, from Josh Thompson to Frank Shamrock to buy the list of people I've interviewed and in the MMA world is long, studied. And so, like, I'm working myself up to do this. Not because I'm afraid, but, you know, see there, I want the guy. No, I'm not a creeper. Like, the first time I worked, walked up to uh, uh, Nick Diaz and said, hey, listen, man, we've got to talk. And he was on Knuckle Up. He was like, hey, you're not that gay dude in the alligator suit, are you? <laughs> I said, I don't even know how to answer that. Uh, I don't have an alligator suit, and I'm not that gay dude. So, <laughs> so whatever gay dude in the alligator suit you've been talking to, <laughs> good luck with that, but it's not me. So let's do the interview. So, uh, you know, Rumble, but always, you know, and he's training with this woman. And then finally I figure out the vibe. And the vibe is like, hey, man, I'm not macking on your fucking woman here. I just want to, like, you haven't gotten used to being you yet. You haven't realized that this nervous looking woman that you're training with, I don't really care about her. It's you I want to talk to. And then, of course, he gets busted for uh, 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 domestic, you know, DV. And the first thing out of his mouth is, hey, I'm one of Kung Lee's guys. Of course, one of the cops on the scene happened to actually be a Kung Lee guy. He calls Kungle, tells him what's going on. Kungle goes, can't have it. You got to go. He leaves, starts working at AKA. And the story is, according to Josh Koscheck, uh Rumble left because there's nothing but pussies who train there. Uh, not exactly the case, but okay. Yeah, I saw that fury. Jake Paul needs to fight somebody who could actually beat him, who's under 40. Mm. Yeah. So um, so he he had that. But he also had that weird air. There was a woman I knew in the gym, perfectly nice. I'd say hi. She'd say hi. Uh, and then but she would, would really be weird, like sometimes aggressively weird. And sometimes I'm like, whatever. This is Gold's Gym. People can be as crazy as they want. Sometimes she finally a friend of mine who's a cop and go, you see that knucklehead with her? Yeah. You know how many times you've been to the house? He, she's got a kid. Not his kid. She got a kid with somebody else. She let him move in. And he's threatening to murder her and her daughter on the regular. That's why we're always over to the house. And he goes, so you've noticed what I've noticed. What's that? When he's not here at the gym, she's perfectly cool. And when he's here, she's terrified. Who's that fuck you were saying hello to? You fucking talk to me. So today, I guess. So uh, I see her in the supermarket near Surrounds. I was like, oh, you know what? I said, you know what, man? I hope she broke up with dude now. But somebody through that, they're never fixed. They're always going to be broken. So by way of a tribute to the dearly departed Rumble, I can say that the fact that he didn't fight with Johnny Boney Joni and that somehow that he was, I will forever mourn that. But, um, but, uh, um, I can't countenance men who beat the women. So, um, yeah, you know, we are diminished by the loss of a, of a, a good fighter. Um, I, I wish he had been a better human being. But listen, I'm going to say now what I've said before. It's not my business. I thought I know you thought I was going to say he was always nice to me. In actual fact, he wasn't nice to me. But in this instance, it's my business. I will keep my counsel. I will note and not complain. And therefore, I will shoulder my burden without complaint. Read the Substack today, the Eugenius Robinson Substack, also known as Look What You Made Me Do. It's called Crybabyism and the, the, the something, the death of the American male, uh, something like that. All these guys are at crisis points. They're all at crisis points. And, and I have to say, honest to God, if you're a listener of this show, if you view this show, or if you've paid attention to this show for any length of time, I have to say that you are probably reconstructed, healthy fucking men. And and I say that because 
Otherwise, the cats who aren't are extremely uncomfortable with with not only this show, but my fucking shtick taken total. Uncomfortable. They don't like it. It's too much gray area. So pat yourself on the back. This is 267. Oh, hold on. Let me do it again. No. Oh, all right. Of the Eugene Robinson Show Stomper. The kid is still sleeping. Uh, a lot of people dying. I need to find out what he died from. Monday afternoon, Care Don't Care goes live. You, it was actually fiery this week. If you have some time to listen to it, you should listen to it Tuesday night. It is uh, Alexi and uh, uh, John Nash and me, Kidnate. There's off celebrating, I guess, the fact that his wife won political office, or I forget what she ran for, attorney general in Austin. So good for him, good for them. Congrats, go out. And then uh, later on in the week, there's a fight card coming up that Saturday, uh, Spivak and Lewis. And for the second time in the history of Care, Don't Care, I have zero cares on the card. It took a lot. I had to dig down deep, but I ended up with a zero cares on the card. So there is that. I'm sorry. There were plenty of fights that veered towards significance. And I think in actual fact, I will not be watching the fights. I I have zero interest in baseball and I do not go to baseball games. That's how that works. Uh, and if we don't die later on the week, now the order is for uh, what used to be the live five and now is called the end of nowhere.com. Uh, the, the puzzle piece that was involved Wong duty people before involves them doing illustrations. So now the pieces I have that are banked, I'm waiting for illustrators to complete the illustrations. It slows the process down, but it makes it more inclusive. So I'm fine with that. If we can run some this week, that'll be great. I don't know if that's the case, but we'll find out sooner or later. Until then, kids still sleeping. You know what I'm going to say? Look what you made me do! Don't die! Don't die, bloody! Don't die!